this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Welcome. Uh, really glad that you're uh, joining us here online. Um, I'm not sure when you are watching this, but if you're watching it this weekend um, and you're from Canada, then this is Thanksgiving. And I'm sure for all of us, we have different traditions in terms of when we meet, who we meet with, what we eat, and maybe even have some traditions, like you go for a hike or you do different things. I know for us as a family, uh, one of the things that, that we typically do is at some point during Thanksgiving meal, we just take a moment to kind of go around the table and talk about about the things that we are thankful for. Um, it's kind of unfortunate that we don't do this more often, but it seems like it's Thanksgiving, so we do it. And one of the things I always try to encourage those at the table to do is to be specific, like to be as specific as you can about the things you're thankful for. And, and maybe that is something that, that you do, and I think that's a great tradition, it's a great place to start. But I wanna kinda take a, a next step, because as I was thinking about it, the place I want to go today is in asking the question of how do you express your thanks? I mean, I mean, how do you show to others that you're thankful? Is it, is it just simply in recognizing the things you're thankful for? Is it just in simply, you know, sharing words and then you just kind of go back to whatever else you were doing? Like, like it's important to be thankful, but is it beginning to shape our behavior? If you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, we've started a series called What's Under the Hood. And it's a series that is less about what do we do as a church or what do we do as individuals and rather who is it that we are becoming. And so it's a series that has really looked at what are the, what, what are the values that we hold on to? What, what is the culture that we want to create? And so today... I want to talk about one of the values that I believe is critical for us as a church and a value that, that I want expressed in my life. And it comes in the way of how do I express my thanks in everyday living? And in one word, it's being generous. Actually, that's two words. One word is generosity, right? Like, I think one of the best ways that we express our thanks is by being generous. Now, I, I'm sure for all of you, regardless of who you are, regardless of, of how old you are, regardless how young you are, regardless of how much you have or how little you have, even regardless of where you are on the spectrum of faith, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I'm sure all of us would agree we want to be generous. Like, 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 like no one goes around thinking, actually, you know what? I kind of want to be the Scrooge. I want to be stingy. I don't want to be known as being generous. No, we all want to be generous. And, and in most cases, many of us are generous as, a, as, as we recognize a need. You know, there's, there's, there's something we see and it kind of pulls on our heartstrings and we're like, okay, I'm going to give to that. For being honest, there's, there's times when perhaps we, we wish we were more generous, but we see barriers towards our generosity. We, we may think, well, you know, I, I just don't have enough. Like I'm, I'm barely cutting it on my own. And so how can I be even more generous? Today, I want to talk about what does generosity look like from the perspective of God? Because when you start to look at how generosity begins to be formed in the Bible, it absolutely speaks into people's needs, but there's a greater reality that is going on. That, that generosity, when you see it in the Bible, actually comes not initially from a place of need, but from a place of giving thanks. And so I want to turn to just, just two examples in the Bible to kind of illustrate this and then talk about how does this become a reality for us? 
And so the first place I want to turn to is found in Mark chapter 12. And it's during Jesus' ministry. And, and so often the case in Jesus' ministry is, is Jesus sees something happening and he, use it at, he uses it as a means to teach others. And this is a brilliant example of generosity growing out of thanksgiving. It's Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 41. This is what we read. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. It's rather amazing. Like, just, just imagine the scene for a moment. Jesus is hanging out at the temple with his disciples. And the, the custom was, is there would be like a treasury box where people would come and they would drop off their contributions to the temple. And they'd use it with coins. And coins on metal make loud noises. And there'd almost be like a, a, a display of, look how generous I am. People would come and they'd, they'd drop in large amounts and make lots of noise. And, and Jesus barely takes notice. And then there's this woman who would be on the fringes, would be easily missed by others, comes up and, and literally drops in the equivalent of like two pennies, like, like fractions of pennies. It would, be, it would be the donation that if anyone saw her putting in, it would almost be like, what are you doing? What is the point? And I, in my mind, when I hear this, it's almost as if I imagine Jesus is like sitting and he almost like stands up and he calls his disciples over and he uses this woman as an example, a woman who was incredibly poor, who had literally nothing, yet she gave generously. Like, if there was ever anyone who had an excuse as to why not to give, I mean, really, like, what's the point? She's, she's not meeting a need. Her, her fraction of a penny is not doing anything. If she was ever someone to, 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 like, make an excuse, I mean, I don't have enough. I barely have enough to even feed. I don't even have enough to eat. What's the point in doing this? And yet she gave. And the place I land is, is why? Like, like what would motivate her giving? What, wouldn't be a sense of obligation. Wouldn't be a sense of meeting the need. I believe it is rooted in thanksgiving. She, she must have been so thankful to God for what God was doing in her life, regardless of the situations around her, that she wanted to give. Her giving, her generosity was an expression of her thanks. Second example is actually of an entire community of believers. It's told in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And this is at a time when the Apostle Paul, one of the great leaders of the early church, is going to various Christian communities and telling them about the problems that the Christians in Jerusalem are facing. And he's encouraging them to give in a way to support them. Well, the church in Corinth had, had previously made these grandiose promises to give abundantly, and they didn't quite follow through. Have, have you ever landed there? Like you think, yeah, I want to be generous. I'm going to be generous. You get, you get motivated, and you're emotionally tied in. You're like, you see the need. You're about to give, and then it doesn't happen, right? Like actions speak louder than words. And so Paul is kind of circling back to the church in Corinth to kind of encourage them to step up and to give in the way they promised. And he does so by using the example of a church in Macedonia. 
and listen to what they did. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. It says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in a gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. I mean, the Christians in Macedonia are unbelievable. Like, they too were poor. They too were facing trials. And I almost think, and maybe this is me reading into a little bit, is that as Paul goes to them, is like, you guys have a lot going on in your lives. You, I recognize we want to help the Christians in, in, in Jerusalem, but, but listen, you, you got a lot going on. And yet their generosity overflowed. So much so that Paul actually went to them and said, listen, 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 like you, you've given a lot. You've given enough. You, you need to tone it down a little bit. Like imagine in our scenario, imagine you gave a gift to the church and I found out about it and I, and I kind of knew of your circumstances and I went up to you and I'm like, listen, listen, this, this is amazing. This is fantastic, but I'm a little worried by the amount that you've given. And your response is, man, I just want to give even more. Those are the Christians in Macedonia. And so, so why did they give this way? Because they were filled with abundant joy and their joy resulted in generosity. I believe just like the widow in Jesus' example, these Macedonian Christians gave out a sense, not of obligation, not just simply to meet the need, but it was a response of thanksgiving. You see, let's be honest. To be generous, to, to give to a need, to, to give because you're emotionally tied in. You, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus. But, but giving simply to a need is great and is important, but that's almost like giving 1.0. Giving 2.0 is when you see it as a response to what God has done in your life. It's, it's almost just like an expression of thanks. In the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, I don't know how familiar you are with the book of Leviticus. It's probably one of those books that if you ever start reading it, you're like, what am I doing? Like, what is going on? There's all these rules. There's all these sacrifices. There's, there's all these weird things that are going on. The book of Leviticus comes at a time when the nation of Israel is on their way to the promised land. And God is essentially establishing what he desires for them. And in one place, in Leviticus chapter 7, he talks about, I want you to give a sacrifice, an offering of thanksgiving. Not, not based on need, not based on anything else. Just give it as a means of thanks. You, you see, God was establishing very early on this, this importance of, of seeing generosity as being a response to thanksgiving. Because when we start to give in that way, we begin to see how our giving transforms us and transforms others as well. Generosity in the Bible is always a response to what God has already done. I mean, in numerous places, God actually says, listen, I don't, I don't, I don't need your stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing okay on my own. But what I want is your heart. And when we start to see generosity as not just simply meeting a need, 
but rather, but rather as an opportunity to express our thanks to God, it begins to transform us and it begins to impact the lives of others. So what's our takeaway? Where, where do we go from here? Listen, as a church, we want to be generous. As individuals, we want to be generous. But can I challenge you to begin to think of how can we be generous in a way that is not just simply responding to a need, but rather becomes an expression of our thanks? You see, I think this is the difference that Jesus begins to make. When, when we give as an opportunity to give thanks for not only who Jesus is, but for what he has done. And so we may give to needs. We may give to opportunities. But the bottom line is that we want to be, have our generosity rooted in thanksgiving. So this weekend, this week, as you think of the things that you are thankful for, let me ask you a question. How will you express your thanks? Would you consider being generous? It could be through your time. It could be through the use of your stuff. It could be in giving a gift to someone else for, for no other reason than simply as an expression of thanks. You see, ultimately, as we think of our relationship with God and, and all that he has done for us in Jesus, through his life, his death, his resurrection, it's an opportunity for us to be reminded of how we have so much because of Jesus. And so how do you respond? By giving thanks and by allowing our thanks to lead into generosity. And so as we wrap up today, we just want to conclude with celebrating the Lord's Supper. And so I don't know if you have a cup, you have something to drink, you have something to eat, some bread. It's just, it's just a chance for us to come together and to be reminded so that our giving, our thanksgiving is rooted in a response to what Jesus has done for us. And so as Jesus did, we take the elements of the cup and of bread and we set them apart from common use so that they can become signs and symbols for us. Because Jesus, on the night when he was arrested, he took bread and after he broke it, he blessed it and he says, this is my body which shall be broken for you. Take this and eat this in remembrance of me. And so let's take a moment as we eat this bread together to remember what we are truly thankful for. In the same way, Jesus then took the cup and after he blessed it, he says, this cup is a new covenant which shall be sealed with my blood. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of one's sins. Therefore, whenever you drink from this, do so in remembrance of me. Let us drink with thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but there are many things that I am thankful for. And as I think of all that God has done for me, I want my 
thanks to not just simply be the words I speak or the songs of praises that I sing, but that my thanksgiving is seen in the actions that I take. And one of the places that I want to express my thanks more and more is in being generous to others. Not simply to meet a need, but as simply recognizing there's much to be thankful for. And so I want to give to others. This week, this week, what if you did two things? Be specific about what you are thankful for. And then think of specific ways that you can express your thanks by being generous. Be creative. Look for opportunities. And begin to see what God will do in you and what God will do through you. Because there's a really good chance that if you are generous to someone else, they're like, what, what are you doing? I, I, don't, I don't deserve this. I, I don't need this. And be like, I totally get it. I just simply wanted to express my thanks to God. And I thought, what better way than by being generous to you? See what happens and see the difference that Jesus makes in your life and in the lives of those with which you are generous towards. Let us pray. And so gracious God, I just give you thanks this day for how generous you have been. That your generosity is ultimately seen in sacrifice. That through Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, we, we experience life and forgiveness forevermore. And so Jesus, may, may we see this and be thankful. But may our thanks respond in actions of being generous to others. For we ask this all, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious towards you. Now may the Lord look to you always and grant you his peace. For this we ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May you have a great rest of your week. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.